You're listening to More Than This, the podcast where Christian faith and reason explore reasons for Christian faith. Life's not a sequence program from the sky. Life's a story woven up, down, in and out, like Hi there. Welcome to the first episode of the More Than This podcast. I'm your host, our co-host, Dave Hartman. I don't know which I'll be. Kate will correct me in a second. Oh, don't worry. There'll be lots of correction. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, uh, she's already thrust herself onto the podcast scene. As, uh, please uh, welcome my co-host, uh, Kate. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. So um, we uh, wanted to do this podcast for many, many reasons. We'll go over in this first episode. That's uh, a lot what we're going to be talking about, give you some backstory, but just to the point of our name and kind of where we came to, like the port, the point that pushed us to actually doing a podcast. We've been sort of uh, in the Christian faith for a long time. Um, in my fifth Since dec- birth? Yes, in my fifth decade. We are cradle Christians, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, cringy cradle Christians. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little bit of I hadn't of a heard cring- that phrase before. It's, but. A, it's a cringy title. Yes. But uh, you get the you get the point. Kate and I were, Kate and I were both raised in households that uh, espouse Christian faith. And we're very active in their churches. So we still are active in our faith, but in looking around, uh, we have had a lot of different experiences throughout our you know, late uh, adolescence, adulthood, now middle adulthood. I'm full midlife crisis mode now. I'm not 40 yet, so I feel like I'm... I'm pushing okay. that midlife crisis okay. off a little, and you're also pushing the line of forty. So we 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 can't <laughs> grow, we can't pay too broad a distinction there. But I am over forty now, so yes, it's true. Um, I'm picking out my convertibles as we speak. Just don't have the money to pay for them. So <laughs> sad, sad, sad. Um, but we've been through uh, quite a journey uh, of faith, and we have a lot of people who we've run into who express a different form of Christian faith than us. And one of the things that really is troubling to us is some of the debates and uh, issues that people who both profess Christian faith uh, can get locked in on and prove to be divisive or, uh, you know, caused a sort of ridicule another part of the faith. So, we kind of keep coming back to the question, which is the title of our podcast. Isn't there something more than this, um, more than these these arguments, more than this either or, more than this back and forth? Um, and that's what, how we came to name our podcast, what we did. Yeah, and I, I think I second all that you said, Dave, um, about how we came to the name. And even if there could be a double entendre or a second meaning, uh, I think... I often think about life and think there has to be more than this in terms of this is the end or or this is all that there is. Um, I think a big part of the reason that I maintain my faith and that I wanted to start this podcast with you and the reason that I talk to you about issues of Christian faith and, and reason and belief is because I believe that this life is not all there is. And the fact that it isn't should matter for how we live our lives here, if if that makes sense. So I think that's another reason um, that I'm interested in talking about this is because I believe that there's there's more than just what meets the eye. Yeah, that's, that's right. And there's um, if we'll we'll give you a little uh, 
overview of how our podcast will probably look each episode. So one of the things that we're going to use to structure our podcast is four questions. So we're going to take time out of each podcast, what every issue is of the week. We're going to look at usually four different major questions and There'll be a lot of meandering, wouldn't you say, Kate? There will be a lot of I meandering. Would, could probably guarantee there'll be some meandering. So the questions are really just to make sure we stay on some sort of task. But uh, we're going to do that with this episode too. Even though it's our introductory episode, we're going to ease you in. We're trying to give you rituals. So I don't know where a lot of you are with uh, you know communities of faith, but we're big believers in rituals. So I will introduce you to our ritual, our ritual of the four questions. So without further ado... Uh, we're going to, Kate, I'm going to throw it to Kate and she's going to ask our first question. Great. Thanks, Dave. Well, our first question is, what is this podcast about? What what are we actually doing? So I would say that um, what we're doing is we want to have a space where we can talk to each other and hear from other people who might be having the same types of, of questions that we're having about their faith, their particularly their Christian faith and reason and how they live out their faith, um, how they answer hard questions or deal with issues that we face in society or in our broader culture today as people of faith who um, espouse a Christian faith. So to me, that's what this is about. It's about saying there are difficult questions and the typical response within at least in the subculture that I think we've grown up in, in in evangelicalism is that we can have pat answers or we can, I I use the phrase sometimes that we can put a bow on it. We can wrap up that question and and put a bow on it and have an answer. And I think we want to push further than that. We want to go be comfortable not having answers, but really live in that tension and in that space where we ask hard questions and are willing to listen to people who might think differently than we do, but, but share the same faith that we do. Dave, what do you think that this podcast is about? I thought it was a cooking show, so oh. I'm, I'm rather, I'm rather Shoot, surprised. You're in, the wrong, you're in the wrong building. I showed up at the wrong booth. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, that, that's I'll, I'll wear that. That's on me. <laughs> no, all kidding aside, uh, this podcast to me is is something that feels very dear, very vital. Um, a lot of uh, what drove us to this to do this podcast and, and what draws us back to our friendship. Uh, is the idea of, of wanting to know we're not alone uh, mm-hmm. and where we are and the questions we have about faith and not just, you know, the, the churchy stuff, but how, you know, our faith actually meets the road and how we talk to people about it, how it informs how we should think about, you know, really big issues in our world today that Kate and I are inclined to think about. And we'll talk a little bit more about our backgrounds, but we're just a little uh, spoiler. Uh, we're both kind of academic-y and uh, backgrounds, so we actually met in an academic institution, and in that um, we are not sort of happy with just a, a canned, stale sort of academic take on things. But we do ask a lot of questions, and I think the podcast is about asking those questions and getting beyond sort of glib certainties uh, mm-hmm. that we we were sort of. Uh, we hear or we're raised with. Um, it's not about it necessarily a repudiation of the faith of our youth, but it's sort of just how do we live now? How do we move forward now in a living, acting, active, breathing faith uh, in a very, very rapidly changing world? Mm-hmm. And what you say, I think, Dave, one of the reasons that I want to do this podcast as well is that I don't 
often feel like I have the freedom or the space to have these conversations in the church that I'm in or with a lot of other people. Um, yes. That comes up, it's almost um, as if people are afraid of these questions or people want to just move on already and it's it's easier if everything is packaged and you're like this is what this is what I think about these issues and there's no questioning this and and I'm just moving forward and I, I don't think that hard about it and I don't mean that as a, in a negative way um, I'm not trying to say oh I'm smarter than all the people that I attend church with I don't I don't mean that at all I just know how I'm wired how I'm created and it is part of me learning more about who I am, who God has created to be, what is my my place in the world, what is my vocation, is to have discussions like this and to be able to talk freely and without fear with someone. And so to me, w- one of the main reasons I want to do this podcast with you is because you're that person that I talk to about these issues. And I think you and I both felt, hey, if we're not having these conversations in real life all the time, Maybe there's other people like us who just don't happen to live around us who would also be interested in having these conversations. Or for that matter, people we know who might be interested in talking about this stuff but didn't know it was okay either. So I think that's part of my motivation too. Yeah, and it reminds me, there's a lot of us have questions but we never really move past forming the question on our Mm -hmm. minds or on our lips because it requires a certain amount of of mental bandwidth, right? Mm -hmm. You can't think deeply about every quandary you have with faith in the world, you know, all at one time, as often as they arise, we all go off of sort of theological shorthand or cosmological shorthand, right? Mm -hmm. And we, but some of the questions we keep coming back to, we just thought we don't have the bandwidth in everyday life, but these questions don't go away and they feel really important to us. We need to carve out a space where we actually have the conversation because it's not enough just to sort of you know, take it off the burner and put it on a, a cooler spot in our mind where yeah. we just kind of say, oh, well, we'll get back to that another time or just believe something, you know, very glib about it. Yeah. So I guess for all of you out there who have the questions, we know that you can't always be, you know, rolling around in the theological, philosophical, sociological, whatever logical depths <laughs> are out there. Right. Um, and, we might be in the kiddie pool on a lot of them, let's be honest, because we're not all those things. Right. At all. Right. So and we're not heavyweights. I'm not a theological no. heavyweight. I'm I'm learning. Yeah. I am in the kiddie pool on most of this stuff. So I will, I shouldn't misrepresent my qualifications. So yeah. But I think part of it too is vast majority of the world lives in the kiddie pool on on these types of issues. So I think it's okay. We we sort of want to open up the conversation um and say I don't know how far I can stretch this analogy, so I'll stop. But I, I, I was going to use some swimming analogies or something. But I was hoping you would get to water wings at some point, I, Kate. I, I, w- I was going there. I was thinking about, yeah. But what I would say is for all of us that are in the shallow end here, um, you know, we, did you ever have that in college where they told you to write a paper about a discipline as though another college-educated person who maybe wasn't a you know, sociology major or a philosophy major was reading it. I, that's some advice I got in college, was write as though your mom or dad, who has a college education but is not a political scientist, is going to read this paper. Write it so they could understand it. And I thought that was a very useful tip. I don't know if I always followed it through. But I would think that these types of conversations... 
theology shouldn't just be for theologians. Philosophy isn't just for philosophers. I think that, you know, we should be able to talk about some of these things if our faith really matters to us. I think that it's a God-honoring thing to, to dip our toes in those waters. I just, I'm, I'm dumbstruck by this advice that came to you in college. Now, these were bona fide academics telling you to write something that was actually practical for the world? I, they did. I had, uh, well, you know, I'll talk a little bit about my college career later, but I actually, am the, I'm going back and seeing I got some solid advice there. Some not so good advice too, but definitely some solid advice. So we've already sort of, uh, this is, we're already off track, Kate. We already said, so we, we said we were going to use the questions to keep us on track, but our second question really is putting a finer point on what we've been talking about. Why, why do we want to do this podcast? Yeah. So um, do you want to expound a little bit on that, Kate? Uh, I think we didn't fully ask that, did we, or did we? No, we didn't really, I think we danced around it. So we'll just put a, put a bow on it. Or oh, put a, put a bow. Put a bow on it. Um, you know, we, we, we wanted to make a space. We wanted to formalize those conversations that you, we wanted to make time in our lives for these conversations that we know matter. I don't want to be sitting up at night and thinking, um, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the Bible Why has some Netflix working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, the Bible has some contradictions in it, or I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I don't know. Did God really decide who's going to heaven and who's going to hell? Um, can women, you know, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable in my church right now because I, I go to a church where women aren't allowed to be in these positions of leadership. And am I right or am I wrong? Does this matter? So these are a lot of questions that, that I think we have. And we wanted to make a space to really engage with them because our faith matters to us. And it is the, I would say it's the animating principle or the, 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 the center of both of our lives is our faith. And if, if that's true, there should be time set aside and space made to really think about it. I, I think people talk about prayer, and incidentally, I think that's a topic we'll cover later in one of these podcasts is prayer. But people say, you know, prayer and reading the Bible, if those are important to you, if your faith is important, you have to make time for them. And the way that I'm wired, and I, they don't mean this at all in an, an arrogant way, because not that my thoughts are always great, but I think I'm sort of wired as a thinker um, and a talker. And I, I think that's part of how I move through life and make sense of things. So I wanted to think about and talk through issues in my faith with someone else that I really respected. And that's you. And Dave. you got me. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it is me. That's amazing. I feel, feel much better now. Do you have anything else you want to add to why you wanted to do the podcast? Yeah, I think uh, I don't want to sound too dire in this. I, I, you know, I often make the joke, I'm a counselor. And when you go through a counseling program, people kind of look at you and they say, are you doing a counseling program just to sort of get counseling and figure yourself out? And the answer is unequivocally, yes, <laughs> most people are. Uh, but also you could sort of say the same thing about this podcast. Like, Dave, are you doing this podcast to kind of help you figure mm -hmm. out where you are? Yes. Um, because I don't have the time for these conversations. I'm lazy uh, and, and not to, you know, villainize myself or put myself down, but I'm just, I'm human, right? I don't, yeah. but I keep coming back to these things and uh, I can't get away from the fact that they matter and I can't get away from the fact that I don't have the certainty that I used to about a lot of how I see the world. And I've started to experience that that's not a bad thing. The absence of certainty uh, doesn't mean I've lost my faith. So, coming to that realization and coming into a place like this, I'm like, okay, what can we say? What can we think? How should we think uh, as people of faith and, and 
what other voices are out there that, that we really need to listen to and how can we bring people into that conversation with us. So um, here, here are two people sort of proving that we're not alone, uh, hoping you know that you're not alone either if you're listening to this. And that's a lot of why I want to do this podcast. Well, what would you say uh, to the next question? What don't you want this podcast to be about or what don't you want to have happen here? So one of the big things that Kate and I treasure, you will hear us as a point of cultural and personal reference talking about evangelicalism a fair bit. I'm just going to warn you. Um, We were both raised in evangelical churches and families, and we still attend evangelical churches. And that is in some ways where some of our comfort with evangelicalism ends, Mm -hmm. but one of the things we do not want to do in this podcast is just bash one side, one side of the Christian spectrum or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think we would probably say that we, uh, by, you know, point of view or by thinking might identify with what would be considered more progressive uh, take on Christianity and a lot of our views. Uh, and in other ways we're, we're thoroughgoingly evangelical, uh, so we don't want this to become a place where we sort of demonize, uh, maybe pun fully intended. I don't know either side <laughs> of the Christian spectrum or any group. I'm a sociologist, so I'll use those terms very descriptively and I'm not evaluating people. I'm, I'm just trying to describe a point of view and we don't want to get into a point where we're just, we want to critique, but we want to critique with humility and sort of think through things. Yeah. And I don't want it to be a place where also, we think that a lot of us, you know, everybody talks about deconstructing now, deconstructing faith. And I think that's great. Kate and I have gone through a lot of that process too, but this podcast is us saying that that is not an acceptable endpoint for us. Right. We can't just pull all the pieces of our, our inherited faith apart and say, now we've done something because faith is such a thing that if you lay all the constituent parts out, it's not going to make sense because faith is meant to hang together. Right. So we, I would, I would be very upset uh, or really bummed out if the podcast ended up being that too. And just want you to hear from the, the off that we we get deconstructing, but that's not an end goal for us. We don't think our job is done by just tearing everything apart. Yeah, I would say too. One thing. Uh, I agree with everything you said, Dave. And another thing I Good. would... <laughs> well, don't, you know, that's not going to happen get, all the time. Don't get used to that? Yeah, don't get used to it. Um, that, it, touching on that issue of, of the faith communities that we grew up in, um, I think you and I would both say that we were very, we were well-loved by people in those communities. And yes. um, I cannot say enough about how grateful I am for that upbringing and for those people who, who poured themselves into me. Um, the community I grew up, grew up in, in the church I grew up in, people showed me what it meant to love other people and the way that, um, Jesus commanded us to do. And these are people who now I would say, I probably disagree. I mean, if we sat down and talked about a lot of issues, I would probably be on a, a different page that they were, and yet these people are loving, kind, wonderful people who I share. A, 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 there's a the Venn diagram of our beliefs overlaps a lot, right? Like there's many, many things where we overlap um, in our beliefs. So the last thing I'd want to do is to appear arrogant or disrespectful or dismissive 
of all of the um, people that I grew up with and the people who who really formed me. And that for me particularly comes, you know, with my family. Um, I have, uh, my mother is no longer here. My father is, and both of them were pillars of faith for me and taught me and raised me very well. So I think um, I just would not want it, this to come across as, as you said, Dave, as, as disrespectful or as though we're just tearing down everything that we that we grew up with because there's, truth there, a lot of truth there. There's love there. There are lessons and things that, that they taught me that I probably still don't understand. I would, I still say that, um, that's good. Yeah. I sit at the feet of my elders and realize that I still have more to learn, but I think for both of us, um, we might be able to get into that a little bit about our backgrounds and, and where we are in life. But I think we're a little older, as we said, I'm, I'm not quite 40 yet. Dave is Mm. Uh, slightly over 40, but we're sort of um, coming back at this um, and and saying, what's our contribution or where do we fall? We have to make some some decisions and we're make, living our lives in a way that we're not just following everything um, that came before us. So Dave, do you want to start then by, I would love to hear for our viewers to hear a little bit more about you. That's our- Our, our viewers? I, I'm sorry, our listeners. Oh my goodness, I'm looking at Dave. Oh my goodness. So sorry. Pod, so so grandiose. So grandiose. Yeah. Getting you know, oh my goodness, rising above our station of an audio podcast here. Yes, apologies. We can't aspire to video, <laughs> especially if I want to. I don't want to change my wardrobe. So, <laughs> but yes, could you tell? Um, could you tell Dave, our viewers, a little? Oh, I just said it again. I'm done. Just you know the question I'm asking, Dave. Your background. Go. My background. So I can bring you to present. Um, so my wife and I live in Columbus, Ohio. We have uh, three rescue dogs who are wonderful, and you will probably hear them muffled in the background barking from time to time. Um, but since this is a, not a video podcast as of yet, you will not get to see them, and they are adorable. So I am. my background is in, let's see, oh, I have a whole stack of grad school applications on file at the Ohio State University. I didn't go there once, uh, but I have a master's in sociology, and that's where Kate and I met. We were both at Notre Dame at the time, mm-hmm. and that should tell you, uh, since I said master's degree, that I did not finish the doctoral program I was doing in sociology there, um, but I also then went on to study counseling, and I finally did my PhD in counseling, and I've been teaching for the past few years at Valparaiso University in Northwest Indiana, uh, and loved loved my time there. Loved my students. Um, I had intended to leave and uh, direct a research institute actually here in Ohio, and I'm made the very recent decision that I'm going to partially leave academia. I'm still teaching uh, counseling courses online and in an adjunct fashion, but I'm starting a uh, career and vocation. Uh, counseling center for lack of a better word called clear path. Uh, so I'll be starting that up. And I also do some training, um, here and there. And I, I'm very passionate about helping people, uh, get out of cyclical, cyclical poverty. So the organization I work with and train with, uh, designs programs aimed at being more effective and helping people get out of the bonds of cyclical poverty. So, and I'm working on a book, but maybe we'll talk about more about that at another time. So, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. We'll talk a lot more about faith and things like that because that's what this podcast is largely about going forward. Uh, but 
Kate, maybe you can give some uh, background. You can also tell the wonderful story of how it is that we came to know each other as part yes, of that. I, I can. Well, I'll start at the beginning. I am originally from northern Wisconsin, a, a tiny little town of less than 2,000 people, um, almost in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Grew up, as I said, in a family of... Say the name of your town, though. Eagle River. Oh, it's it sounds, so Wisconsin. I know, it's so Wisconsin. It's great. <laughs> Dave's been there. Um, so grew up in Wisconsin, as I said, in a, a family of evangelical faith. I uh, had the privilege. I was a Rotary foreign exchange student when I was a senior in high school. I went to Th- Bangkok, Thailand, which is a very eye-opening experience from Eagle River, Wisconsin, to Bangkok, Thailand. When I came back, I went to Wheaton College, which is just out just outside Chicago, suburbs of Chicago, many of you may have heard of it. It's an evangelical institution, an evangelical um, college. And I was a political science and Spanish major there. Um, then lived in Haiti for a little while, taught in Haiti after I graduated from college, and then did a master's degree in Latin American studies at Tulane in New Orleans, and then came in 2005 to the University of Notre Dame to start a PhD program. And I'm going to cut Dave's joke off, uh, nip his joke in the bud. He's going to say, Kate, you started your PhD program in 2005. It's now 2018, and you still haven't finished. So 13 years for those doing the math. Yeah, 13 years. So I am ABD, it's just all but dissertation, and I actually am. I do have a proposal in, and I'm still working on, on finishing that PhD, and uh, I have been working since 2011, full-time for the University of Notre Dame, um, helping to co-direct programs that we have in Haiti. I work for the Alliance for Catholic Education, and we work to improve the quality of education in Haitian primary schools, Catholic primary schools. So I travel a lot for work and have a strong international focus and currently reside in Chicago, um, remotely based for the University of Notre Dame. And I I've been married for 10 years, and uh, my husband is a social worker in Chicago, and we have two children, an eight-year-old and a two-and-a-half, a eight-year-old boy and a two-and-a-half-year-old girl, and we're failed dog owners. We had a dog, um, but it did not work out. And was that the first dog you had, Kate? It was the second dog that I had. Oh, Kate. <laughs> the-, um, the second dog went to a very lovely home once I had my first child. That was my excuse. I couldn't take care of the dog and the child. I thought I was better this time around, but it didn't work. Well, and the, the last dog, in fairness, was Demon Spawn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dave confirmed it for me. There was nothing redeeming about that puppy. No. So, but to get to how Dave and I met, so in 2005, um, Dave was in his second year of graduate school at the University of Notre Dame. Which I didn't finish either, I already said. Yes, I was in my my first, and we, um, Providence or Luck or whatever it may have, may have it, um, we were neighbors. We lived one door down from each other on the same street just off campus, and we just formed a really quick friendship. We would hang out. We went to the library. We went to coffee shops. Watched Gilmore Girls together? Yes. Dave, I will say that I had a girls' night for all the girls in my program, and Dave was an honorary member who introduced us to Gilmore Girls at all the DVDs. Social scene at Notre Dame was amazing. Yes, it was really phenomenal. Um, so that's how Dave and I met. I mean, we really, we, like I said, we. Um, I would also say at that time I was dating my husband, 
I think we got engaged like the next year. And one of the great things, Dave, has been that I would say that you and I are deep friends and you are mm-hmm. also very yes. close. Um, you and my husband, you have been our friend right. for a very long time and a part of our lives, for uh, both of our lives um, since 2005. So it's a family friendship. And now my wife is great friends with Kate and her husband as well. We actually got engaged on their rooftop in Chicago yep. uh, back in 2012. So yeah, uh, we really are family to one another. Yeah, that's and that's been really wonderful. And and again, Dave and I, I probably like your wife a little bit more than I like you, but you're still really high in my list of people. So don't worry. You know, I should be offended. I should be offended, but I think that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I definitely like my wife more than I like me too. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's how Dave and I met. And again, Dave, this has been you know we can mark. Uh, our friendship by the amount of time it's taking me to finish my PhD, but 13 years that we have been, I mean, really since the beginning, having these conversations um, and talking about questions that we have. We went through the church search, I guess, when we were in South Bend. We kind of church hopped a little right. bit together, trying to find a church that we felt like fit. I, I will say, and and just like our friendship, you know, the PhD is similar because death is the only thing that will end it. Oh, Dave, I, I think that's like a backhanded compliment you're giving me there. Yeah, it's definitely meant to poke fun at the fact that you've taken forever to get through your doc program. I know, I know. But I look at my two kids, I, I, that's terrible. I, I, that's why I still talk about baby weight, and I'm like, oh, my daughter's two and a half. I can't use that excuse anymore. So I really, the kids, I've, I've got to move on. The kids can't be my um, excuse anymore. I don't recommend it. Fo- I recommend having kids, but you should really finish your PhD before you have them. That's one recommendation. Although people do it all the time. I'm just apparently not that good at multitasking. Well, so now you know a little bit more about Dave and I and how we came to know each other and to work on this podcast. And I wonder if we want to talk a little bit, um, Dave, one animating, we went through our four questions probably, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You, you can keep score out there. We, we can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> we have a list, but, you know, how closely we're following it. Um, we're trying. Um, but one thing that Dave and I have talked about, just, just to hit on, I think it's helpful to hit on this in this introductory podcast about, you know, what, what are we all about? What is it we're trying to accomplish here? Dave and I have been having a lot of recent conversations about the culture that we grew up in and how we grew up. You don't know it at the time. That's the funny thing about culture. And I, I learned this actually at a young age when I went to Thailand as an exchange student and I fully experienced what culture shock was. I didn't realize the water I was swimming in until someone pulled me out of it. So it's very... Um, That's deep. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I was going back to the kiddie pool. Did you get that? Oh, I, I got, I got yeah, it. Thank you. Yes. Um, so anyways, Dave and I realize as, as we get older and we've had different life experiences that we grew up, that this evangelical subculture that we grew up in was very powerful. I mean, it still affects me to this day. I'll ask a question and I feel like I got to look over my shoulder. Like, is someone going to say, how dare you? You know, we know the answer to that question or that's not the way this is done. Um, there's a kind of a rigidity and I don't think that's just within evangelicalism, Dave. I think other... Lots of cultures no, have rigidities. We're, we're finding it everywhere on the left and the right, politically, religiously. Yes. yes. There is, yeah, yes. Yes. So we just, um, you know, we were talking about this phenomenon that when we come at, you, some of these questions that we want to talk about in this podcast or the issues we want to address, I think there are some folks in, in evangelicalism who would say, 
clearly the Bible's provided a clear answer to that, or we know the answer to these questions. And we've come to realize that a lot of those answers come out of the culture or they, they've been developed out of a specific culture or a mindset. And that doesn't mean de facto that they're wrong, right? It doesn't mean that they're necessarily the wrong Correct. answers, but it's wrong to say that that's, that's the right answer. The, the culture didn't influence how you got to that answer. Help me out here, Dave. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So one of the things that we were, were raised with and some of you will track with this and some of you won't is the idea uh, of a very specific term of the word, uh, understanding the word, the world, yes. that phrase, the world. So the culture, uh, subculture that we were raised in, uh, if you said somebody was of the world, it meant that they were someone who did not profess uh, Jesus or perhaps maybe even someone who did, but I was just kind of beyond the pale theologically or doctrinally. And what you were left with then was like, that's everybody else. And we sort of understand reality and we don't really have a culture here. We just have truth. Exactly. So, uh, and you don't need to examine things because you're already, the thing that you have uh, by which to examine things, you don't need to examine. So it creates this sort of reflective, uh, non-reflective issue. And lo and behold, when you get out and live a little bit, sometimes that gets challenged and you start to see the fact that there are lenses there and all of the cliche things you learn about in philosophy 101 if you go to a school like Wheaton <laughs> and Grace College. I don't know what we, we learned about, but um, yeah. So there, the idea that we, we are swimming in culture and we see things only by by the lens of culture that we were raised with. Uh, yeah, we need, to, we need to step back and question those things a little bit. And it's created some sort of, some animating questions for us as well that sort of uh, are pushing us to do this podcast as well. I think they're probably because this podcast is basically our confessional, right, Kate? Yeah. I mean, agreed. you know, we've 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 all flirted with Rome. We've we've we like the idea of a confessional faith uh, and confession, and here is ours. So there's a couple things that are kind of on our minds that we're wrestling with in this this very moment uh, that are kind of bigger issues of faith and meaning and identity and purpose and how God works or does not work in the world. So I thought maybe for the good of the order, we could just talk about a few of those things. So uh, do you want to touch on a few of your sort of places where you're starting from? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one issue for me, I, I will be very honest and confessional here. I really struggle with how to read the Bible. I would say that I've, in some ways, when people say that they have, this is a very evangelical phrase, so uh, apologies for that. It is the culture, the lexicon I grew up with. But um, when they have their quiet time, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really bad at quiet time. And trust me, I find time to quietly do other things that I'm interested in, but I don't find time often to read the Bible because I'll be really honest with you, it's almost like I don't know how to read it anymore. I've, I've, I've read it and read it and read it, and I don't know... Some parts are difficult for me to understand. How do I apply it? I, I, anyways, this whole issue of the Bible, how do we read it, how do we interpret it, um, is, is a big um, issue for me or something that I'm thinking about. I, I think about things like prayer. 
I'll be very honest with you. Again, at times of great duress in my life, I have had no, it, it's been involuntary that I have cried out in prayer. That has been, you could not stop me from praying at those moments of, of, of terror or fear. And that's good, I, I think. I mean, I think that's where I should be going, but I have a much harder time in, in sober times. Let's say that I'm praying for someone else. Um, someone's child has been born and they're, they're struggling or they're in the NICU or, or someone has cancer, these types of things. I, I ask the question, I'm praying. Is God listening? Is this going to move God? And, and, and I think that there's a lot of different answers in evangelicalism even about that, or it's, it's a hard thing to pin down. And so people don't, don't talk about it. So those are two, I have more Dave, but you want to start with some of yours? Those are, I share some of those as well, especially the reading the Bible thing. And we're going to talk about that one of our upcoming episodes. Um, And again, we may not arrive at a point of clarity or certainty per se, but uh, we're hoping to move the needle and give ourselves a little bit of perspective on that. Um, One of the things that I think a lot about is kind of the concept of, of, deciding where you want to be part of a church body mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and not whether. I think Kate and I, uh, one of the, the problems we have with some of the strains of, of uh, faith that we see right now that we think is troubling uh, sociologically and spiritually for me is that you uh, can be a follower of Christ without being part of an actual tangible body of believers, being, you know, doing life with people coming together under the name and mission and gospel of Jesus. Um, But the way you go about deciding to do that, I think has become problematic for me. So when my wife and I were in Seattle a few years ago, while I was doing my PhD, the one I actually finished, uh, that one, um, we were talking about all the things we kind of wanted in a church and, you know, made this sort of wish list and then we moved to Indiana and we didn't really get any of them. Uh, the sort of high and mighty doctrinal ones and the ones, you know, about how you, you style of worship. And and it turned out the place we ended up worshiping was wonderful spiritually for us. Um, I had this realization that, you know, if we go about trying to choose a church community based on matching our personal preferences the end product that you end up worshiping in doesn't feel transcendent because it doesn't transcend you, right? You're just trying to match. And if you've ever tried to date somebody or marry somebody, or you're trying to find a carbon copy of yourself, you know that it reduces conflict, but it's actually pretty boring too. And there's no mystery. There's, there's no passion because you're pretty much just, you know, hanging out with a like-minded person and it doesn't really do anything. So I think that I've realized that the point of being in a church, as cliche as it might sound, is actually serving uh, and, and giving of yourself. And I've found so much more peace and uh, identity in that and as, a, as a Christian. And I'm still trying to figure out what to do with that because uh, Kate and I both still attend evangelical churches and we would disagree on a lot of the points of doctrine, uh, praxis, practice, uh, politics, I think we would say pretty safely. Um, But I think that also the idea of just leaving a church because there's difference 
isn't the best thing for those local churches or the church as a whole. So that's one of my things I'm really wrestling with. Like, how do you choose a church? Uh, and also, oh, I'm like you. I have a, I have a lot of different ones. The, the idea of certainty, I think, comes to mind too. Um, I've also realize, realized recently that I've been processing my loss of a sense of certainty in a way I was told to interpret it growing up that I was losing my faith. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that the relationship between faith and certainty is a lot more complex and that actually when you choose to follow God, when you choose to follow Jesus and you don't have that certainty, that requires faith. That's Mm -hmm. when you're using it. And I think I'm just sort of starting to figure out what that means. Well, I think... um Another issue I'll just throw in there because I think we want to give um, our listeners, do you see I learned? I said listeners instead of viewers now. We want to give our listeners a sense of um, some other topics we might um, be coming, that might are going to be on the docket or coming up. A little tease for yeah. you in the radio biz. Um, one thing that I am, I think a lot of people in our age group, uh, I think people in your age group, Dave, are still interested in this topic. That was my yeah, when we look down from our AARP magazines, yes. Yes, yes. Um, you know, um, I my very closest friend from my time at Wheaton, I would stay, say still one of my uh, people who I know who has taught me more about faith and, and love and what it means to follow Christ is an openly gay Christian man. And so that's an issue that I think is front and center that um, I would, I also have very close friends Um who have come out, who also have stepped away from their faith or felt like that was the only option. So that's an issue I think we want to talk about or we will talk about. Another issue is um, something close to me, my heart is the issue of women and women in the church and gender and, and how that fits in in marriage and all those things. So those are topics that I have been interested in. Um, anything else, Dave, we want to yeah, I think with? I think some of them uh, we already kind of gave away in our, our current sort of animating questions, but we're going to talk about what the heck we do with scripture and how to read it and how to use it uh, profitably in our lives and to really fan and deflame our faith. So that's an open question for us. We're going to have an episode about that. Uh, no easy answers there. Uh, and also, we talked about prayer a little bit. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna have uh, an issue. We're gonna t- tackle a lot of different things. Some of them will be sort of social. Some of them will be political. Some of them will be sort of things within the church doctrine. Yeah, we're gonna hit on a lot of different things that we have questions about. But yeah, so Kate touched on a few, and I'd say we're gonna talk about scripture, how to use it, and how to think about it, how to read it, and also. What the heck are we doing when we pray? What happens? Uh, what the util- what the utility is? You know, all of those things that uh, come into how we view God really in mm-hmm. prayer too, because that stuff comes right away when you look at how you read Scripture and what you think about prayer. What you think about God informs those and is informed by those things. Mm-hmm. I, th- I know that a lot of times my view of God has changed through experiences in prayer in good and bad ways, probably. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about those things as well. Well, Dave, this was fun. It was fun. Yes, and I hope that people are interested and that we, we, we piqued your curiosity and that you'll be along for the ride, and we're just excited. Any more cliches we can throw at them to try to entreat them to come back next week? 
you're the you're the pun master. You're the cliche master. You're very punny. Well, let's see. Uh, one of the ones I listened to a comedian named Gary Goldman. He he hates when people say at the end of the day because they're never actually talking about the physical end of the day. That's true. So at the end of the day, guys, uh, we just want to push the envelope here. We just want to push the envelope. Uh, <laughs> that's a '90s one. I may not be very good at this. Either way, we hope you come back. Yes. We're so excited to be doing this, and we're, we do hope that. Uh, you identify with us too. And we want to hear from you. We're going to make a uh, space on our blog and website. We're going to put our questions out to you as well. And we want to hear your answers too. So hope you come back. Have a great week, everybody. Till soon. Life's not a sequence program from the sky. But it's a story.